0: Because we live in a Puritan police state, we are obliged to inform you that we may sometimes use explicit language. Now that you've been informed, (laughs) things are about to get weird.
1: Welcome to another midnight edition of What I Had Heard Was. I am Jennifer.
0: And I'm Anna. And I am Diane. No, no, no. that's 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 not right. That's not right.
1: Uh, no. But she will be back with us soon.
0: Yay! Uh, We miss her. Always she is like a third leg that I did not realize that I needed or third arm Mm, prehensile tail eh like a monkey tail oh you know you can like grab things with and then also makes you look cute
1: yeah you can pick stuff up with your toes so that
0: extra leg would be helpful
1: there or if you're running a race I don't think it'd be extra helpful there I guess it depends on the race good point (laughs) also do you yeah
0: yeah all right So just the two of us again. Yeah. Talking about some crazy shit.
1: Talking about uh, some deadly duos. Folks. Some folks, I think, in this uh, episode would have murdered regardless. While others probably would never have committed murder if they hadn't met up with the other person.
0: True. True. Yeah, it's like, uh, like us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, separately, it's like we come up with some really bad ideas. Right. Um. But once we're together, uh, we end up having uh lightsaber battles in front of Snappy's tomato pizza. Yeah. That was so a pretty good idea. That was <laughs> it turned out well, actually. We didn't get, we cops didn't get called. We had a good time. Yeah. Um also, just if anybody ever wants to uh challenge Jennifer to a sword match or whatever you call it, a duel, don't. Don't do it. Pretty good. Uh she's uh yeah, she will whoop your ass. So, um <laughs> Just throwing that out there.
1: I still have lightsaber battles now, just with the kids. <laughs> Except they can't like hit them in the head with it. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, it's not as much fun.
0: The authorities frown on those kind of things. I right. <laughs> you know, right?
1: You cannot lightsaber children's heads. <laughs> but
0: mom,
1: why? <laughs>
0: um. So yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, some of these people were family, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing. A lot you know, a lot of these folks you've heard about have been in the media, you know, like the Menendez brothers, mm-hmm. Bonnie and Clyde, you know, we'll get into them in a second. But you know, and they're famous for being infamous but also being kind of, you know, romantic. You right. know, like the like Bonnie and Clyde. Everybody kind of romanticized the fact of like, you know, these two lovers. It was during the Depression, you know, like, um, you know, prohibition, gangsters and just how like cool and sexy it was for the fact that you know everybody's used to guys doing this stuff right you right. know but the fact that she was along with it and she was his you know quote-unquote ride and die <laughs> yeah. um, all of the above yeah See? you know it just kind of struck the nation and you know became really popular and the media and yeah uh, you know movies <laughs> later had a field day with it absolutely you know but when it boils down to it like these people killed other people.
1: I think that's something that uh, we forget, you know, because we're so exposed to violence, so exposed to crime, and we just forget that Mm -hmm. there are real people, there are real victims in all of this, you know, people, it's not just the people who were murdered, but it's also their families.
0: Right, you know, the people who witness this stuff, the, the people who were terrified in their neighborhoods because, you know, um, the hillside stranglers were running around Hollywood. You know, it's all of these urban myths and fears that come from it.
1: I mean, you don't think about the medical examiners and the police detectives because that's their job, right? But that's... It doesn't make it any easier. It doesn't make it any less fucked up. Right. You know, there's still
0: these horrible tortured people who they have to... No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, it can be pretty messed up. I mean, stuff like this, you know, when we talk about how oh, nowadays we're all desensitized to violence and you know, it's like, the thing is, is a lot of this stuff has been around for a really long time. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've been murdering, <laughs> murdering each other and doing horrific acts and, you know, bloodletting and human sacrifice and skinning of people. Like, all these horrible things we talk We've been doing this since the beginning of time. But there, there's, you know, we have this false sense of security in ourselves of like, oh, well, you know, now we're an advanced society or, you know, we're educated more and we we live in a, in a world where this shouldn't, we're not quote-unquote barbaric. Like, we, these things shouldn't happen anymore, right? But they still do, you know? And so I think that's one of the fascinating things is that no matter how much education the populace has no matter how much money the populace has you know uh, a pot in every kitchen and a car in every driveway kind of a thing wait a minute <laughs> a chicken in every pot <laughs> and a car in every driveway but yeah i mean if federal laws pass soon it will be a pot in every kitchen <laughs> um couple in mine. <laughs> but the um, <laughs> point is <laughs> is that no matter how quote unquote elevated we become you know we're still do horrible horrible things to each other
1: but the media inundates people you know if you watch tv if you watch movies if you listen to the radio uh music all of these things that you couldn't see however long ago Mm -hmm. so i think the exposure and then also there had they had true crime books Mm -hmm. but you know obviously podcasts weren't a thing right and so now it's just, like, there's a whole section. Everything is true crime. Mm-hmm. It seems like everybody is jumping on board, which I think is really interesting.
0: Sure. Well, people like stuff. I mean, that's what, the things that make the news are things that don't normally happen. Mm-hmm. That's why it's news. It's like, so you don't hear about, oh, look, Gary made his way to work today on the bus. Good right for you. No, you hear about the fact that the bus just crashed, Right. you know, and Gary's pinned under it. You know, so, even though we're still inundated with all of this information, radio, television, videos, podcasts, articles, all of these things, you know, digital and in print and on movies and on television, you know, all of this stuff. It's still not the norm. Right. You know, it's still the things that are exciting to us because they don't normally happen. Because we're able to consume these kind of stories... At the drop of a hat you know however we so choose that makes what seems so overwhelming even though these things are against the norm and they don't happen as much as you know our consumption of them would imply it's still a fascinating subject because as a person of in the middle of these extremes how a person can get to this level right you know what is it that has inspired or encouraged or kind of forced this person to do these horrific acts right you know and so part of it is rubbernecking right. you know wanting to see and be a part of something that is so fringe to you know live vicariously kind of thing you know get close to danger but not really um, but then also another part's like just trying to figure out your own personal self of if those things happened to me would i be pushed to that level mhm you know, and then trying to psychoanalyze yourself and the person sitting next to you on the bus. <laughs> and so these true crime things, they put you in the
1: mindset of the killer. You know what I mean. Right. More frequently, and I think people can deal with that because it's not a position of authority, but a position of power, I guess, mm-hmm. versus the victim. Now shows like I Survived. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those, I think, are not nearly as popular because they're dealing from from the other end, uh, from victims' perspectives, and it's really just
0: too frightening. Right, because you don't... If you're looking at the killer, for example, then you're looking at the person who had the power. Mm -hmm. You're living through the person that had the control, at least for that time being. But the other way, you know, you're looking at the victim, the person who all of this stuff was happening to, who felt out of control, out of power... And nobody wants to be that person.
1: Exactly, right. So
0: it's a lot harder to commiserate with the victim than it is to be intrigued by the assailant.
1: And it's terrifying when you hear, like, the exact details of what it's
0: like to go through something like that. You know what I mean? It's
1: overwhelming.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, because any of us could easily be a victim. Right. But only hopefully a handful out of the millions of people, could actually do these things. Right. We hope,
1: yeah. It's interesting. I can't remember how many serial killers they say are active uh, in the U.S. at any given time, but just the fact that there are serial killers wandering around out there. Sure.
0: And you know that
1: they don't catch all of them. You know what I mean? It's It would be ridiculous to think they caught all of them.
0: Oh, yeah. There's so many... Unsolved murder cases and And just missing people. And and
1: people you don't know. Like, people that go
0: missing. And nobody knows, nobody cares. Carol Baskin's husband. (laughs) Sorry, I figured, you know, it's like the anniversary of me watching (laughs) Tiger Tiger King. King.
1: What's his name? He definitely cared about her husband.
0: Good old Joe Exotic. (laughs) That character, like, that dude was a serious character. Like, I mean, and he... He had his own problems. And sh- like, he had his own shit going on. All those people needed hugs. They hugs. needed actual jobs. They needed a dentist. And they needed some serious therapy. Some oatmeal cream pies. Oh, shit, oatmeal oh, cream pies. Why you gotta say that?
1: We were at the store yesterday, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna buckle down here, you know, eat healthier, blah, blah. Mm-hmm.
0: And then it, I was like, oh, shit, look at that.
1: Yeah, it's c- on sale. Candy on sale. Not gonna happen. These cookies. Oh, fuck. Mm
0: hmm. Mm. And then I didn't get my
1: uh, jelly beans.
0: Yeah. My sugar dragon's kicking hard, so I get it. Yeah. I get it. I'm riding. Riding dragon. <laughs> Unfortunately.
1: You know, the Menendez brothers probably would never have been sentenced if that they killed... One of them told the therapist that they killed their parents.
0: Yeah. Well, I think they, they still would have been sentenced. Like, they probably
1: wouldn't have been caught.
0: Um, well, the thing was, okay, so, like, after their parents died... Right? Then they just kind of went on this, like, crazy-ass spending spree. No,
1: yeah, they did some weird shit.
0: Yeah, you know, so it's like, dude, you got to keep a low profile. If you've watched any gangster movies ever, once you rob the bank, you don't go buy your wife a fur coat and a sweet-ass car. Like, you don't just go...
1: You're 100% right. We watched this one yesterday. It was a episode, I think it was called Snap Deadly Duos. And there was a woman and her husband... Mm -hmm. who the woman was very close with her granddaughter and the granddaughter had gotten a new boyfriend. So they were able to use the truck's GPS that this girl had stolen. Mm -hmm. And they had gone out with the grandmother and the boyfriend shot the grandmother and her husband. And then they just pushed the bodies out and went to Walmart with the grandmother's credit cards and cash. And they managed to spend $11,000 in 10 days and the stuff that they were buying was just, like, stuff for your
0: house. Mm-hmm. Stuff that Grandma would not have purchased.
1: Right. The only reason <laughs> she was supposed to have had this credit card was for dog food. But, I mean, she had the grandmother's truck in her
0: driveway. Yeah. It's, yeah well, that's the thing. It's like, do you want to get caught? So I think part of that goes with the, I don't give a fuck. Right. Like, if you don't care about human life, then you obviously don't care about getting caught. Right. The couple that I had done some research on, basically, this guy had developed a nihilistic uh, attitude towards life. You know, I mean, he had a uh, he had a motto that uh, dead people are all on the same level. Because he had this, you know, uh, he was bullied as a child and then he became a bully and Mm -hmm. you know, so he would just go and like look for people to beat up on and you know, whatever. And um, Yeah, you know, so it's like, he just got to this point of, like, you know, killing a person who cares. I'm not meant to do great things. I'm meant to die anyway, so I don't give a fuck. You know, so it's like, um, in that regard, then, you know, when people are like, oh my god, these people are so dumb. You know, why don't they try to cover their tracks? It's like, if they're already killing people, they obviously don't care. Right, it doesn't matter to them at all. So the guy I'm talking about, Charles Starkweather, um, and his girlfriend, Carol Ann Fugate... Were the inspiration for a ton of different movies one most notably and one of my favorite movies <laughs> actually natural born killers it's a good one yeah that's a very good one basically these uh this nebraskan duo uh shocked the entire nation back in 1956. back in the day back in the day as i said charles was bullied at school you know he had a speech impediment he had a birth defect that had bowed legs he wasn't exactly the brightest tool in the shed, uh-huh. uh, as his teachers and uh, employers later would say. One of the things he did excel at, though, was gym. Well, <laughs> so, there you go. So for him, he became stronger, a lot more active, grew into himself, so to speak. Uh, but for the bullies, not so good uh, because he became a bully himself and, you know, started taking these people out and went from a pleasant Preteen to a horrific teenager to by the time he got into his senior year, he just quit and went and got a job because uh, he was just in trouble all the time, People cetera, like that.
1: Yeah, they don't tend to have a good relationship with authority. Yeah. Unlike myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing is, when he was 18 is when he met Carol Ann. Which would be great Except for the fact that she was 13. There were, you know, relationships uh, earlier than... <laughs> That's pretty young. Uh, yeah, it's pretty young. I mean, it's a, it's a five-year difference, which... Which if you're
1: in your 30s is no big deal, but if you're exactly. 13 years old,
0: it's a pretty big fucking deal. Like, she's a, she's a little kid. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And funny enough, her parents weren't too keen on, on them dating. That's weird. Shocking. Yeah, shocking. Shocking, right? Well, so they they are dating, right? And uh, Charles tried to, tries to go and buy her a stuffed animal at a local gas station, and the guy's like, no, no, I'm not taking your credit, you need cash. So Charles comes back with a shotgun, takes this guy out to a remote location after cleaning out the till of like $100, and shoots him in the head. As one does. As you do. <laughs> so. so this is like the end of November, by the middle of January. Charles is like, you know what? I'm taking my girlfriend. We're just going to go start a new life. My 18-year-old self and my 13-year-old girlfriend. And it's going to be great. The parents were like, no, no, you're not taking her anywhere. And he's like, ha ha, yes I am. And shoots both of them. Oh, good. Yeah. Right? He says that while all of this was going on, that Carolyn was in the house watching television and making them sandwiches at, while he disposes of the bodies in the back. hmm Unfortunately, not only did they kill her stepdad and mother, uh, but they also killed younger sister. Wow. It was like a toddler. Strangled her, put her out in the back, right? Great. Then, this uh, loving and supporting couple of each other lived in the house for like a week. After they killed them. After they killed them. Right, right on. Carol Ann likes to say that he was holding her hostage and basically if you do everything i say then i won't dis- i won't hurt your parents because she said that all of that had happened by the time she had gotten home so she didn't know where her parents and her sister were mhm so but grandma got a little suspicious called the cops on them and then they fled right before the cops were able to catch them at the house after that in the course of a week uh they killed like seven people
1: yeah I wonder about that, like, when they have these people and they'll say, oh, they were active for 20 years and they killed, you know, 20 people or something like that. It seems to me that they would need to kill much more frequently. You know, it seems to me there's got to be a serial killer who's killed once a week or at least once a month for years and years. Mm So...
0: Yeah, I feel like the ones that have done it over the course of years and decades are... The ones that it's part of a game. Mm-hmm. You know, can you catch me? Can't you catch me? I want to do it in private, etc. You know, the, the people that they prey on, sex workers or the homeless or, you know, people who... Um, Lead
1: a transient lifestyle.
0: Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, folks that normal society won't care about, mm-hmm. you know. Those tend to be able to get away with it for right. longer. Runaways. Runaway children are, unfortunately, prime suspects for, unfortunately, uh, you yeah. know, for being victims of this kind of stuff.
1: It seems like the big movement to get people to stop hitchhiking has helped, you know, quite a bit. Because if you are just going to jump in anybody's car, mm-hmm. you can't expect good things to happen. At least not long term.
0: Right, right. And along with the people jumping into the cars becoming victims, the people who are stopping, as a good Samaritan to help somebody else out, mm-hmm. also can become victims as well. You know, so it's very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to look out for yourself, unfortunately. Yeah, gotta protect yourself. Yeah, it's
1: a wicked world out there.
0: <laughs> so That's a
1: lot of people. So they killed like ten people.
0: They, they killed eleven people total. Yeah. And you know it was and it was crazy because it's the idea of this relationship, this you know the fact that they were so young. The fact that so many people died, they were stabbed to death, or they shot them in the head, like, you know, coup de grace style. (laughs) And some of them were passerbys, like, oh, hey, you're having car trouble, let me help. Versus rich people who were coming home to their house with a dog and uh, a maid to, to find, you know, to get killed in their own homes. Or... An old person or, you know, a a traveling salesman who was just sleeping in his car, (laughs) taking a nap. Right. You know, so it's like the range of people that were killed. Like, they didn't have a type. You know, it's basically whoever... An opportunist. Exactly. Exactly. These were opportunistic killings. You guys have something I need, we will take it. Right. So, yeah, they get caught. uh, Ends in, like, this, like... Crazy, 100-mile-per-hour, you know, multi-car chase kind of a thing. Very Hollywood operatic. Eventually, dude gives up because he thought he was bleeding to death. Oh, yeah. Which is super weird for his nihilistic behavior of, you know, I don't give a fuck about the world. I'm destined to die. Suddenly be afraid.
1: It seems like people will be, like, t- it's kind of like people behind keyboards now on the internet, you know, the badass until it really comes down to it, until the police surround them, and they're like, oh, shit.
0: Yeah, it could be. I mean, the fact that they killed 11 people, and as he put it, they were having fun. But being c- confronted with the
1: reality of, like, you're going to fucking prison.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, though. He assumed that as soon as he was caught, right, as soon as he was caught, he was going to be executed. Uh-huh. Like, he had no thought that he was going to be uh, life and parole, or maybe get off, or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So why turn
1: yourself in, because you're afraid you're going to bleed to death?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Exactly.
1: I guess you wouldn't be thinking entirely clearly at that point.
0: Probably not. Especially when you have a close call with your own mortality. Right. You know, up until that point, he has been the bully, he has been in control, he has been in power, he has done what he wanted to. Seeing yourself bleed all over the place, you know, you have a moment of, oh shit, <laughs>
1: So did he end up getting executed?
0: Uh, Yes. yeah. He was uh, tried and executed uh, June 25th, 1959. She was given life sentence. So the whole time she was saying, you know, she was like, nope, I'm innocent. I was in the car when he did these things. I said nothing. I did nothing. I, you know, I was in fear of my life. I, you know, I did this to save my parents. Right. I, I had no idea. The judge didn't buy that because... She had had opportunities to flee. Right. There right. were, there you know, there were opportunities for her to get away. Um, and then when Charles was giving his side of the story, he was saying that she was the most trigger-happy person he had ever met. Yeah. You know, and that she was just as excited about doing some of this stuff as he was, you know. So it's hard to say he said, she said, but also he was, you know, 18, 19 years old, 20 at the time. She was 13, 14. Right, right. So,
1: killing those sisters pretty fucked up. There was another couple. It was Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: These crazy assholes.
1: They ended up killing her sister because he convinced her that he wanted her virginity because she did, uh, Carla didn't have her own virginity. She'd already, quote unquote, lost that. So, yeah, he convinced her that he needed her sisters. I believe, and I want—I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was twice that they drugged her. The sister? Yeah. Jesus. You he raped her. You're just going to hang out with your dude like, oh, no, it's totally cool that you're over there raping people. Right. Nope.
0: <laughs> Not at all. Not in yeah. the least. And, and, you know, as... SVU has (laughs) taught me as well as, you know, learning about all this stuff is that, you know, anytime any sort of rape, it's all about control. It's Mm -hmm. all about having the power. Right. You know, it's not about sex. It's not about infatuation. It's not about any of that stuff. It's just, it's all, it's all power play.
1: Right. Yeah. Unfortunately that's true. And you know, you can assume that some of these women have very low self-esteems but that may not be true. Maybe they're just into it. They're just fucked up in the
0: head. Totally. I mean, maybe they were just into it. Gwendolyn Graham and Kathy Wood are prime examples of that. These two ladies uh, met while working at a nursing home, and then decided, hey, we're just gonna kill people, we're gonna steal their stuff, and while they're lying dead in their bed, we're actually gonna, like, kinda get off on it, and, you know, have at it with each other.
1: Yeah, they were, I mean, they're definitely not all there uh, upstairs, but... They weren't doing it for men. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't that they were being led to their crimes by their low self-esteem and being controlled or...
0: No, I was just going off of the fact that you were like, you know, some of them are just into it. Oh, women.
1: Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And that's a good example. Yeah. And it seems like the reasons that women kill, are, you know, is primarily just, like, love and money. Doesn't seem too much to be... Sexual motivation, like it does with men. Mm. Obviously, that's not a blanket statement for all men or all women.
0: True, but there are times, there is also times where the women are the mastermind in the relationship and mm-hmm. they're the ones that encourage these filthy and horrible things to act. Very you true. Know, yeah. You know, um, like uh, Jeremy and Jasmine, these folks were inspired by. Natural Born Killers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they saw that movie. They were inspired by it. And she was 12. Of course she was. Um, and he was 23. Even better. But she was the one that it got him to kill her family. It was because of of her influence on him. Now, both of them you know, liked the same music and you know, they thought they were cool, whatever. But she was the mastermind <laughs> behind the killing of her parents. She just wanted him gone. Uh, Yeah, she just wanted him gone. She just wanted to go live her life with this 23-year-old that her parents obviously disapproved of. So they came over. uh, He killed the parents. And then they said afterwards, they killed her 8-year-old brother because he was too delicate to live as an orphan. So they considered it a mercy killing. Good Lord. People can convince themselves of anything. Right. I'm doing it to be kind. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But the thing is, is Jasmine Richardson... She was given twenty five years, um, before the possibility of parole, because of her young age. She was released after ten in twenty sixteen. Currently walking free, wandering around. Great. Yeah. I'm sure she will do nothing
1: else that's no. awful for the rest of her life.
0: Nope, nope. Yeah, and she's Canadian. So for everybody's like, oh hey, Canadians are you know this awesome master race of super nice people. Yeah. <laughs> I would change my name. I think like if I get
1: caught up in some fucked up shit when I was young. I think I would change my name and try to like move to nowhere. Oh, totally. I would,
0: but <laughs> I mean I wouldn't do that. No. That doesn't sound like anything I would do. Who well, we've got the
1: uh I mean family is a thing. Like it's not just couples or you've got you mentioned sisters mm-hmm. and then we've got cousins. We've got the Hillside Stranglers. Right, what's that about? Like, that terrified people. It really, well, I mean, rightfully so, because you knew it was a pair of people, because they were, the way they were throwing the bodies down.
0: Mm hmm
1: Yeah, that's.
0: Yeah, and the, one of the creepy things was, I mean, they started with sex workers. Right. You know, uh, people who mainstream society doesn't really give a rat's ass about. So, they tried it out, worked on their technique. Uh, but the thing that got them caught was the fact that they went towards, you know, average working women who, you know, had families that were looking out for them, etc. So...
1: You can't do stuff to people who have money. I mean, that's just...
0: Oh, exactly. That's the
1: rule in life.
0: That was what brought down Charles and Carol Ann uh, from my story earlier. They went and killed a industrial magnate, as he was considered, which brought in not only... Police attention, but the governor and the National Guard, mm-hmm. like they were, <laughs> they were Nebraska's most wanted. And that's the thing, like if they would have stuck to b- bunches of nobodies, they well, might
1: have people who the ordinary society doesn't.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. You know, uh,
1: not rich folks. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that's the thing. If you want to get away with it, don't kill rich people, don't kill famous people, and don't tell people about it.
1: That's yeah. That seems to always be the problem. We watched another another episode of the show we were watching yesterday, and this guy had written out notes about his crime while in jail to another inmate. Like, he, he wanted to have the people involved killed.
0: Like, so. you're just asking to get caught. Right. And you watch. we were watching
1: I Almost Got Away With It. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm-mm. These are the criminals talking about it. Like, this one guy shot his wife in broad daylight like he got into her car shot her two or three times in the head got away you know got out of the car and took off and he's like oh yeah i went down to mexico and then i was living there yeah i know it's selfish ha 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 there's another guy who has committed so many sexual assaults and they're just interviewing him like Mm -hmm. he's in street
0: clothes just chatting what the fuck dude yeah it's the challenge it's the challenge of Testing boundaries you right know, doing things you 're not allowed to doing things you 're not supposed to, being in charge of yourself it's this crazy attitude that all of them have yeah it's it's nuts it's completely nuts.
1: I looked into uh, Fred and Rose West for this week when Fred and Rose got married, he was thirty one and she was nineteen as I recall they got together quite a bit earlier, but the point is is you have another substantial Age gap. Mm-hmm. You know, see, they can
0: prey on younger women,
1: or in the recent case, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she preyed on an older man.
0: Well, and then she, yeah, it's the ability to persuade. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's an age difference, whether it's a gender difference, monetary, or... Um, right, anything that seems a little controlling, a controlling factor. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they were married for 15 years. They are so fucked up. Um, And I say that having listened to a lot of shit. I say
0: that in the nicest possible manner. Yeah, no, I don't.
1: I don't at all. Like, she was abused and sexually assaulted by her father growing up. His father, uh, he was exposed to incest and bestiality. So these are not strong core you know, raised children Mm -hmm. into strong core raised adults. And they had like 5,000 kids, but they wanted to have like this bed and breakfast or, you know, hostel type of deal. And in their cellar, they made like half of it, their children's playroom. And the other half was like this torture chamber. Oh, Jesus. Rose killed Fred's stepdaughter while he was in jail, which is super fucked up, but he didn't seem to care too much because he wasn't the father.
0: I heard about that, that the re- she was beating the kid for whatever reason. Because she wouldn't cry when she was punished. Right. Well, that's why she kept going. Yeah. That's why she killed her, because while she was being punished, she wasn't crying. Right. That's so messed up.
1: Right. She probably just dissociated
0: from the whole situation.
1: Like, it's insane. It is really, really insane. Uh, Rose was way too young to be in this relationship. You know, all of this stuff. When Fred went to jail, his way to take care of her was to have her become a sex worker to uh, pay the bills. He worked out a payment plan, quote, with the landlord. She would have to have sex with the landlord to pay the rent. And then additionally, she was going out and working as a sex worker to pay the rest of the bills. And she didn't leave him because he offered her some level of protection despite being in jail mm-hmm. with the people he knew. So, And he ended up killing his first wife, who was he also had pimped out. Jesus. He said he got mad at her. So that's that's a thing, you know? Yeah. So there's that going on. Right. And there are people who right now, this minute, are afraid. They're living in their home, and they're afraid... Uh, To leave. Mm -hmm. They're afraid to ask for help. It's a particularly dangerous time for people who are abused when they leave. Totally. So so we'll list some links on our website just for some resources in case anyone needs some help or is looking for information.
0: Definitely, definitely, yeah, Uh, because it's hard. That's one of the things that kind of got me as far as Charles Starkweather, Carol Ann, a uh, Fugit story was that the judge didn't believe, like, oh, well, you had opportunity to leave. Why didn't you? Right. If what she was saying was true and she was being held hostage. And I mean, she's a 14 year old girl. Right. Who was trying to do what she thought was best to save her family. Right. If all if what she says is true. It's always hard to... I mean, everybody's innocent, right? Everybody in prison didn't do it. (laughs) Well, you're innocent until proven guilty, but... I mean, if you're in prison, you've been proven guilty. Not necessarily. There's a lot of folks that have uh, been imprisoned wrongly. Yeah. Uh, That's true. Unfortunately. Either who. But there are a lot of people who are in horrible situations. Absolutely. That... Many outside observers are like, why didn't you just leave? You had the opportunity to walk away. Why didn't you? Here, right here, right here, right here. Here's an instant. Here's an instant. Why didn't you just walk away? You can't. It's never that easy. Right. Especially if you're fearing for your life.
1: If you haven't been through it, you have absolutely no right to criticize people who are in that situation who do not leave. It's far more difficult than just picking yourself up and walking out the door. Completely. And I think that, uh, and the pandemic has caused even more domestic violence to occur, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, numbers have definitely risen. Uh, cases of child abuse have risen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just all in the close quarters. And that happens when you can't have a break, as well as you can't physically distance right. from the people you live with, as well as emotionally or you know, mentally have a little bit of a disconnect for a moment. Like, everybody needs to be able to pause every now and then. Right. We have to see what the unintended consequences or consequences
1: from all of this are. Mm -hmm. You know, people going through that and experiencing all of that who wouldn't have otherwise. We'll have to see. It'll be interesting in the years to come to see the research back.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of people are already comparing stuff that people are going through now with people living in... Old school project housing, Mm -hmm. you know, or in poorer communities where everybody's real crammed together in a tight space. You're already feeling powerless uh, because of your financial situation. It feels like you're never going to get out of it. You know, your health is poor. Your eating is poor. The conditions you're living in are not beautiful. Right. You don't really get a sense of calm. There's a ton of people around, so there's constant noise. There's constant movement. And you never have this ability to just take a moment for yourself, mm-hmm. that in environments like that, there is a level of increased violence and crime. Right. You know, so it's one of those uh, circles that perpetuate themselves. Unfortunately. Yeah. And a silver lining, horrible lining, is the fact that folks who have never had to be in that situation are now experiencing that. Hopefully that'll turn into more advocacy and things along those lines in the long run. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, better prison systems mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully abolishment of prison systems eventually but um that's a whole another topic for some other thing uh, hopefully then it will also help to encourage architecture yeah to change the way that buildings are built and and communities are organized uh public planning so that we actually have more green space and a little more elbow room so to speak
1: Instead of being on top of each other all the time. Right,
0: right. Yeah. Well,
1: I think that it's good that we don't feel homicidal. Not you at know? the moment. Because yeah. if we're going to be, like, a deadly duo, we got to come up with a really good name. I don't want the papers naming us.
0: <laughs> but I think that's how most, you know, most folks get their names is because the papers name them. Uh, but they're, they have such stupid names. Like, we need
1: a cool name. <laughs>
0: Well, you can't, it's like getting a nickname. You can't give yourself a nickname. I mean, Those never stick. Well,
1: I guess we can't go on a murder spree until we come <laughs> up with one.
0: Well, once you come up with a cool name, then maybe we'll go on a murder spree. How about that?
1: All right. I'll start thinking about it <laughs> for, like, the next five
0: minutes until I forget. <laughs> I'm actually banking on that. <laughs> not, I don't want to kill anybody. Um.
1: Uh, so, yeah, we're not gonna kill anybody. We hope you don't kill anybody. We hope you also don't get
0: killed. Yeah, I agree. I hope nobody gets killed either, and honestly, I feel like if either one of us were going to kill anybody, probably the, um, leading factor would be because we were hangry. Uh- no doubt about that. <laughs> like that would be that would be the spark that lit that fire.
1: Temporary insanity. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Due to lack of mac and cheese. Just fucking
1: hungry. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of mac and cheese. Mm, please speak about mac and cheese. What I had heard was, I'm gonna go eat some fucking macaroni and cheese. We are out of time. We will see you next week.
0: Because we live in a Puritan police state. We are obliged to inform you that we may sometimes use explicit language. Now that you've been informed, (laughs) things are about to get weird.